Hey, what's up? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Museroom. My name's Katie, and I will be your host as we meander into the lives of inspiring and creative people. This is a hub for makers, thinkers, and anyone else that is doing the work that they truly want to be doing. everyone welcome back to the podcast i hope you had a good weekend and are having a good start to your week if you're in ohio you've probably been snowed in for the past few days i personally haven't left the house all weekend it gave me a lot of time to sleep i got lots of sleep in lots of netflix and definitely got some work done so that's good i was a little saddened however because the first event that i have ever put on got canceled because of the snow. So now I have to wait almost another month to reschedule. But that's okay, I'm learning to be okay with how things in my life unravel and it'll give me more time to make the event better. So that's cool. I'm really excited about this episode. Today's guest is so good and I loved our interview. It was just so cozy and I learned a lot and I really connected with the guest, and today's guest is Kat Lantigua. She is a writer, activist, podcast host, entrepreneur, and is committed to empowering women and enabling millennial greatness. I found her podcast through past podcast guest Katie Dalebout. Katie interviewed Kat on the Let It Out podcast. I'll have to leave the link to that in the show notes. And when I heard that interview, I just really connected to Kat. I wanted more, so I began listening to her podcast. Some of the topics that she discusses on her podcast are related to culture, relationships, self-improvement, and more. She also holds space for women, especially women of color, to talk about their own journeys. Kat is passionate about empowering millennials to design a life that is in line with their purpose, and that's something we talk a lot about in this episode. We also chat about what inspires her, what her childhood was like, her perspective on being a productive activist, why she started her podcast, and more. Kat has so many nuggets of wisdom to share, so cozy up with some tea and really listen. I'm so excited for you guys to hear our conversation, but first, let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor. Today's episode is made possible by Jar Goods. Here at Museroom, we are passionate about women-owned small businesses, so when I was met with this opportunity, I was thrilled. Jar Goods makes joy in a jar. The mission started when sisters-in-law Melissa and Laura Vitelli launched their classic red, classic spicy, and classic vodka tomato sauces. These tomato sauces are thicker, richer, and more flavorful than other brands, and they are completely natural, clean label, non-GMO verified, and kosher wherever possible. Melissa and Laura wanted to find a way to provide something that would get dinner on the table faster without sacrificing any quality or nutrition. The recipe for the classic red actually comes from Laura's father. He served up this sauce in his New Jersey Italian restaurant for decades. It was so good that Melissa and Laura thought, we have to get this out there. So they began bottling it by hand and sold it at farmer's markets. Now their products are available in 1500 locations and counting. 
And today, you get to try Jargoods for 20% off. Just go to jargoods.com slash museroom and use the code MUSEROOM, all caps, at checkout. I would personally recommend the classic spicy, but all of the flavors are so good. Their new beet and basil pesto is incredible in a bruschetta, and the vegan vodka pairs perfectly with homemade falafel. So for 20% off your first order, visit jargoods.com slash museroom and use the code MUSEROOM, all caps, at checkout. Thank you, Jargoods. Try number two, but we're all good. Um, So let's start out with you telling us about what's been inspiring you, just because this podcast is all about uh, talking to creatives about their journey of how they got to where they are today and what inspires them to stay on that creative journey. So can you tell us what is fueling you to keep moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, I am inspired by other people and uncovering stories and journeys that are not often brought to light. So, you know, over the past year and a half, I've come to realize that there are a lot of things that as a society, we don't actually talk about openly. And a lot of people are struggling with an array of different issues, right? So some of them could be like, you know, pursuing your dreams and not feeling like you can talk openly about trying to take a more unconventional route towards uh, making money or body image or anything related to just life, right? Uh, There's so many things that we don't talk about and people are struggling with silently. And what I've been inspired to do throughout my journey of podcasting and writing is finding what those things are diving into them and making people feel less alone and acknowledging themes and topics that are often just kept at bay but make people suffer because they have to deal with them silently so I mean life is so complicated there's so many nuances to the human experience so it's it's like I'll never run out of things to talk about so really it is just people people and and making people feel seen and heard and and given permission to just have a whole wholesome wholehearted life really I don't know if that makes sense but that's like what I feel most of the time no absolutely that's really incredible um I know earlier you mentioned that the internet makes it so much easier for that just because and I agree with that because I feel like it gives so many different voices a chance to be heard yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what I love about the internet is that it it takes its own form. Like there isn't any one person that has control over everything. I mean, there's so much representation now because everybody gets a chance to speak. Everybody gets a, sh- a chance ex- to share their journey and express themselves. So as people, we can pick and choose who we you know, who we relate to, whose content we consume, who makes us feel better, um, what we see, what we hear. And you can just, whatever it is that you're looking for, you can find it. It isn't, it isn't like controlled by any one publication, any one media outlet or anything like that. I mean, it really is now in the hands of everyday people who can adjust what it is that we are talking about at that given moment. And as I said before, it's like people are so nuanced and our experiences and our norms and all of these things are so, um, so unique that a lot of times we don't know the people that we feel connected to 
in person, but we may find them online and they may be saying the things that we really need to hear and they may have the ability to make us feel comfortable and make us feel like we belong. And the internet truly has allowed that to take form because I mean, like 20 years ago, like, you know, you just had like radio and you had like mainstream TV with like, you know, just the channels and like the broadcasting in that way. And like whatever the executives chose as programming is what we heard and what we were exposed to. And that's why a lot of people didn't feel represented. A lot of people of color especially didn't feel represented because they didn't necessarily have a chance to pick and choose how their stories were told or how they were portrayed. And now you can find all sorts of people who have control over their own narratives. And that to me is fascinating. It is just honestly such a beautiful time to be a human being right now because we have so many tools and so many um, paths that we can take um, to tell our stories and to connect with other people. Yeah, definitely. As a society, I feel like we're gaining a lot of power through social media and technology and the internet and it's so incredible yeah for sure I mean obviously there's there's also these you know nuances to having access to technology like this that are not that healthy like you know a lot of people are trying to do social media detoxes now and trying to find a balance between like how they consume media but I think that's what comes with this is like you know, it's fairly new. Like we don't really know how to regulate this for ourselves. Like there's the good and there's the bad, but like, I mean, if we really just focus on the good, it's transformative and it's truly remarkable, honestly. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a gift, but I guess we just need a little bit more time to figure out how to handle it healthily. So, and then earlier you, before we started re-recording, you also mentioned that you were really getting into journalism and that you thought that at first you thought it was something that you had to go to school for. And I totally relate to that because when I was in high school, I loved, I was on the school newspaper and I loved journalism, but then I went to school for dance. So Mm. for in college and I didn't continue that at all. I totally dropped it, stopped thinking about it until basically when I started this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another reason why technology is so cool because it allows us to do things without a degree and without permission. The only permission we need is our our own. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what happens with a lot of us is we feel like we need some kind of permission from an, uh, an institution or from our parents or whatever to uh, you know to to choose a path of of expression whether it be like dancing like maybe there's some people who want to dance but because they didn't go to school for dance they don't think they can dance uh for me i didn't go to school for journalism i went to school for international relations i thought i was gonna get into the nonprofit world and that's where my life was heading and you know before that like i was writing and i was doing all of those things but never professionally or never in a way that i thought I could be taken serious. It was just for me. And, you know, the thing about alignment, the thing about life and the the thing about our, you know, our soul's purpose is that somehow, some way, if we allow ourselves and we pay attention, we'll always gravitate towards the thing that we were always meant to do anyway. Like you don't have to just choose one thing. You can be a multifaceted human being and you could do all the things. You don't have to necessarily just have a stamp and say like, I'm this, I'm just this this person who does this thing. So, I mean, 
I didn't go to journalism school. I didn't even consider journalism school. Like I didn't, I honestly didn't know the scope of what journalism meant in high, in college. I, I really didn't. Um, so when I, when I graduated and as I found myself trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do with my life, I found myself wanting to share my journey, to write, to express myself, to connect with others through that, through that, uh, way. And, um, I began consuming a ton of podcasts, like six or seven hours worth of podcasts every day. And I was like, what is it about podcasts that I love so much? You know, what is it about (laughs) this that I just seem to, I I just can never get enough of. And it was basically the fact that like, this is what I'm doing anyway. Like at that point I was already interviewing people. I was finding at that when I, before I started podcasting, I was interviewing women in Miami and I was just trying to find local creatives who were like really inspiring and just unapologetically chasing their dreams. And I was interviewing and I was transcribing and I was writing everything in my blog and And I didn't know that that was journalism. I didn't know what that meant. I just was following this need to like get to know people and find truth. And once I realized that like you could do the same thing a lot faster through audio, I was like, oh, like it's why not? Why wouldn't I just make a start a podcast and do the exact same thing? And so that's what led me to podcasting. But it wasn't because anybody told me this is what you should do or because anybody sat me down and gave me permission to do it. It was just my own curiosity that led me to that. And so through my show, I really do try to remind people that you could just do whatever it is that you want. You don't have to wait for anybody to give you the green light. You can just go buy equipment and and toy around with programs online and teach yourself how to do things and use social media and the, and, and the internet to your advantage to create something out of nothing truly you there's no limitations now yeah it's so true you know what I think we can both call ourselves journalists now (laughs) yeah we can we can we absolutely can yeah so I want to definitely dive deeper into everything about your life's purpose and podcasting but first I think I want to backtrack a little bit and um, go back to the beginning. So can you tell us about where you were born, where you where you grew up, what your childhood was like, and all of that good stuff? Yeah, sure. So my, my life has been pretty cool. I was born in New York City. I was born in the Bronx, to be specific, and I moved to Miami, Florida at the age of five, where I, you know, just went to school. I went to, like, elementary through university in Miami. I mm-hmm. um I had a pretty normal childhood honestly. Like I lived in the suburbs. I had like a pretty strict upbringing where like I was just at home. I didn't really um go out much until like after high school uh because I I'm Dominican and my mom was pretty strict and was had me um just like focus she really wanted me to focus on the things that were important which was school and just behaving well and all of that uh so my childhood was just like a normal childhood in the suburbs of Miami I wasn't in south I wasn't on south beach doing anything crazy like some of my friends but um a year and a half ago I moved back to New York after deciding that Miami was no longer serving my growth Uh, I love Miami and it'll always hold a special place in my heart, but there's just something else that I needed and I didn't really know what that thing was. I just knew that I had a lot of fire in me and I didn't really feel like um, the city I was living in could keep up with me at that point. 
And so I moved to New York, not necessarily having a plan, but just knowing that if there was any place in the world that you could make something happen, it would be New York City. Like you just figure it out here. So I moved here and I just found myself really introspective and and willing to figure it out. And so within a few months, I launched a podcast. I launched my podcast, Chats with Kat. And really that show was a way to for me to uh, just express myself and bring people up to speed on like what life is like in New York and what this whole transition was like. But um, we can get into that a little later. But I mean, yeah, it's just like my life has been pretty, pretty cool. I mean, pretty low key. This is <laughs> now the first time where I feel like a lot of things are kind of picking up and I'll, a lot of changes are happening simultaneously. But I think that for a while my life was pretty what's the word I can say? Everything was just low key. And I think I needed yeah. that. I, I, I had a pretty slow paced life growing up. Um, and so I think that having that foundation and now moving to a city that moves so quickly and is just like in constant change, like New York um, has been the perfect balance. Yeah. So when, before you moved to Miami, your mom, you were living in the Bronx and your mom made the decision to move you guys down to Miami because she wanted you to live more of a suburban life. Can you delve into that a little bit more? Yeah. So my mom actually, so my mom, my mom was a teen mom. My mom had me at 17 and Um, you know, she sacrificed a lot when she had me. And I think even at her young age, she knew that there was a lot that she wanted to give me. Um, she wanted to give me a lot of opportunities and to expose me to a different reality that, um, she didn't necessarily feel she could give me in the Bronx in the nineties. And so she made the decision to, to move to Miami. Um, and I think that that was, you know, her and I have recently talked a lot about that because when I moved back to New York, I moved to the Bronx. I lived with my grandma for a bit and it was really interesting to kind of have it all come full circle because I was at that point 25 years old. Actually, I was 24. Um, I turned 25 six months later and just like, you know, being in my mid 20s and, and coming back to the same you know, place that I was born in and and finally being old enough to see why I left, why she moved me and like what what could have happened if I would have stayed and you know just like the the opportunities that I was granted because I moved to to Miami and she gave me the life that she did was really um it was really eye-opening and it allowed us to connect in a way that we hadn't before because you know there's a lot of things that you can't really explain you can only feel and Mm -hmm. as I grew up in New York, in Miami. A lot of things happened in New York and a lot of times I felt like I was missing out on a lot of, you know, things, a lot of family events and a lot of things that were happening here and I I think I resented her a bit from having moved us so far away from everybody. Um and I didn't never really understood why we didn't just stay here. And right. once I came back, I realized like I I love being around my family and I love you know, what New York City represents now, but I do understand why she did that at the time that she did. And I feel way more equipped to handle New York City and to kind of make New York City work around me versus 
me working or like falling into like the madness of New York and whatever way that may manifest itself. Um, I just feel like I came back at an age that I was able to, to figure out what it was that I wanted to do here versus like allowing New York City to just take me by storm, which is what happens a lot of times when people come here really uh, young and they don't really know what they want to do and they don't have they don't have a vision yet like they just go down all these different paths because in new york city there's like everything you can do anything and everything here and like a lot of times that's really good but a lot of times that could be a little bit tumultuous so i think she wanted to like give me a life that was slow and that was quiet and you know i I grew up a lot around a lot of trees and a lot of greenery and nature and even that is something that i i value so much because now that i'm back and now that i'm back in new york i don't have that but like now I have that contrast at least and I, I was able to broaden my scope of of um, what I deem to be normal and what I, um, well, yeah, just like what I was exposed to and the kind of schools right. that I went to and all of that. Yeah, that's really cool. I loved the episode that you did with your mom. Mm. I think it was one of the first few, maybe in the first 10 or so. Yeah. Um, It was just really cool to hear about your relationship. So I'll have to link to that in the show notes so people can learn more about that. Yeah, that Um, was a great episode. And then one one other thing that I wanted to ask you about before we kind of get into you moving to New York was – since you moved away from your family in New York, you were growing up in Miami in a suburb and you weren't around a lot of Dominican culture. Mm-hmm. So at the time, did you realize that you were kind of missing that? Did you feel isolated? How did that kind of shape you? Well, no, I didn't know I was isolated. I, I didn't really know. I didn't, I didn't know what I was missing. I just knew that something felt off. I, you know, I was Mm -hmm. just too young to really put a finger on like exactly what it was that I needed and what it was that I was lacking. And, um, it wasn't until I got older and I was able to navigate spaces differently and pick and choose where I, where I was that I started to like expose myself more to like Caribbeans and, you know, Dominican people. And like, I was able to drive and go around and do the things that I wanted to do that I was like, Oh, like this feels, this feels more welcoming to me. I want to be here. This mm-hmm. is where I want to spend my time. But, you know, like growing up, I definitely struggled with identity, with my identity and figuring out who I was in the world and what kind of space I held because, you know, I'm Dominican and I, you know, I'm a black woman that speaks Spanish and is Latina, but in Miami that's not really like that's not really a thing and quite frankly, most of the world doesn't even know isn't really educated on in that intersection of being black and La- black and Latina. It's usually just like, you know, um, white passing Latinas or like, you know, being a uh, Latinx has like a, a particular um, image that I never could embody. And so I found myself at a young age explaining myself a lot, like having to, t- to give people so much of my background because that was just so confusing to people. They just couldn't understand why I looked the way that I did and spoke the way that I did. And, you know, I, f- now that I'm older and I can, you know, navigate spaces differently, I am now in spaces where I don't have to explain myself because people are educated enough to know, like, who I am and what my culture is and when I say I'm Dominican like they know the history of of the island and they know what that means but um yeah like it it wasn't easy it wasn't easy kind of straddling two realities of like 
not being black enough for African-Americans and not being Latina enough for, you know, the Cubans and the Venezuelans and, uh, and the people that I grew up with, but loving everybody and wanting to be loved by everybody, but like not really being enough for anybody, you know, like it was Mm -hmm. that that's been a constant struggle for me is not being enough or not feeling like I am enough for any one group or any group of, you know, any people to accept me as part of their own. So I think that's also what inspires me to do my work is that, you know, the way that we navigate the world and the way that we are accepted isn't in the hands of anybody else. I think that as I've gotten older, I realize that I get to choose where I belong and where I want to be. And I used to think that that was in the hands of other people. And so when they yeah. used to tell me things and when they used to question me, I used to feel like, well, like if they don't accept me, then I don't, then there's nowhere I can go. And now I'm realizing like, well, you can be in the spaces that make the most sense to you. Right. So it's like you have your chosen family, like your people that you like truly connect with over your creative work, over your spiritual work, over the books that you love, all of these different spaces that you take up that don't necessarily have to be attached to like how you look and like what your family, where your family comes from, but like who you are and what you love to do and how you express yourself. And I didn't know that was, that was a possibility growing up. I just thought it was based on how you looked and that's it because that's how people categorized me. But now it's like, no, like you are you know, as people were so nuanced and like we have so many different things that we love and how we can relate to other people that, you know, it could be a, a multidimensional, multifaceted experience. And um, that's that's something that I'm excited to to finally embrace now in my mid 20s versus like when I was 15 or like 18 in Miami where everybody was just like eternally confused by my existence. Right. So now that you're in New York and do you, how do you feel differently? How, how does it feel now that you're, you've kind of realized that? Oh, it's like, it, it's night and day. It's, it's completely different. I mean, um, the thing about New York is that there are so many different types of people here that like, if you are, if you are mindful about like, trying to expose yourself to different cultures and like going to different parts of New York City and you don't just stay in like one little part of New York, you'll get to understand the realities of so many people that you will, it'll become so hard for you to be closed-minded. You know, it's like, and the thing is that like, I think a lot of people here also do relate to each other based on what they do and like how they express themselves and like what they're passionate about. It's not solely on where people are from, which is also a thing, which is beautiful. And I love that I can relate to more people um, through my culture, but that isn't the only way I get to connect with people. And that has given me a lot of freedom to, to move around and to um, be myself in a way that I wasn't able to before because now I can express myself and I can show the different sides of me uh, freely. And it's welcomed here. That is something that people draw out of you. That's something that people are curious about here um, because everybody has something that they're doing too and they want you to see them for that. So I think that everybody tries to hold space for each other, at least in my experience, people try to hold space for each other in that way and it's it's really, really cool. That is really cool. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to kind of 
talk about your transition of moving to New York. What what gave you the confidence to make the leap to move? Huh, I don't really remember. I don't I honestly don't remember what what the moment was when I said like that's it it's happening. But I think it was just like it was it was bubbling up for a while where I just knew that there was something better for me out there. And I don't know, it's just it just happened. It just happened where I just set a date. I moved on the 4th of July. I was like the 4th of July it is. And I just started to <laughs> sell my things and like get rid of things. And as I started to sell my furniture, it became more and more real. And luckily I, I was able to come here with a job. So I work remotely and I, you know, I had the opportunity to like still be able to like finance myself and support myself. So I had nothing to lose. I I really didn't have anything to lose. And um, at that point, I had nothing to lose, but everything to gain. I knew that Mm -hmm. I, there was more for me somewhere else and that somewhere else had to be New York. Um, There was just something extremely compelling and something that was just drawing me. Um, And I didn't exactly know what was going to be waiting for me here, but it was just like calling me. Um, Yeah. And it seems like it was really the universe was wanting you to because you had a job that you were going to and you were you had a place to stay, right? Yeah, I was living with my grandma. So it was like what I mean, like there's nothing holding you back and you're obviously not happy living in Miami. And um, I didn't have any friends here that I was coming to. So that was scary. It, it wasn't easy, yeah. but I just knew that there was more growth that need to that that needed to happen and like I couldn't sell myself short by staying by staying comfortable and um and so many people around me were comfortable and I think that that's what also reminded me that I needed to change and to to take a leap of faith because I was constantly seeing people like you know in their mid-50s or like their 60s like regretting having been complacent younger when they were younger and like having not taken um risks and I didn't want to be like that. So that's what compelled me to just like pack up and come here. Yeah. So how long have you been there now? Uh, over a year and a half. I mean, I think it's wow. yeah, it's been like a year. And, and a you have your own apartment now, right? I do. I have my own apartment now and um, I'm, I've made my own little life here. I have friends and I have my podcast and my I started a community organization and um yeah it's just things happen that's literally what new york city is about it's like and this is why everybody moves here because if you're willing to trust in yourself trust in the universe and like really just pay attention to like the signs and and the opportunities are around that are around you something will happen it's inevitable yeah yeah i'm feeling that right now actually my boyfriend and i have been talking about moving to chicago possibly mm. at some point we've i've never lived outside of ohio before so i get what that feels like for sure yeah and and i mean like you owe it to yourself to try like if there's a curiosity yeah. it's like hey like let's give ourselves six months to a year if we like it we stay if we don't like it we come back or we go somewhere else like it's it's like right now is the time to do it <laughs> why wait that's so true you'll and that's right about you can always just change your mind and come back if it doesn't work or move somewhere else it's so cool yeah um 
Yeah. So I want to talk about purpose for a little bit. Um, So within the last year or so, I've started to realize that I can design my life in a way that truly aligns with my purpose. And I'm still on this journey, but I definitely have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know this is something that you're really passionate about as well. So can you delve into that a little bit? How did you discover, discover what your life's purpose was? Are you still kind of on that journey? And now- if you do know what that purpose is, what are some of the things that you do every day to stay focused on that path? Hmm. Well, it's really interesting because I I think that my purpose was always a, like it was always very clear what my purpose was or is since I was a young age, but I didn't know that that was a thing I could do. So, mm. you know, since I was a kid, I've always loved helping people. Like I remember getting this award in the fourth grade um, my teacher was like giving out awards to all of the students at the end of the year for like just whatever, whatever it was that we were good at. So like there were like some historical figures that like the award was like named after. And like as a student, we embodied some of the characteristics of these people. And I happened to get the Harriet Tubman award. I was like, Oh, like I got Harriet Tubman because she's black and I'm black. But I realized that no, the reason that my teacher gave me that award is because I was always trying to help people. Like I remember, um, in the fourth grade putting together this, this drive throughout the whole school for the homeless. And like, I was coming in at 7am every day to like organize all the toiletries and the, and the boxes and making sure that we raise things for these people. And, um, the same thing happened throughout high school and throughout college. And I just liked helping people, but I didn't think that it was a thing that I could do for a living or that it was something that I could hone in for the rest of my life. It was just me um and that's mm-hmm. what you know really inspired me to get into nonprofit work and that's why I thought that was going to be my job and that's what I thought my my life was going to be dedicated to was nonprofit work because I wanted to help people but as I got into it and I realized that there's a lot of bureaucracy in nonprofits and there were a lot of things that took me away from actually having a connection to the people that I could help I realized that there had to be a different way to help people and there had to be a way that I could help people um more directly because that's where I get my energy from is from people and um from being able to impact impacting is my fuel and so I realized that that has always been a common thread that's been the thread throughout my life is feeling inspired by people and helping them and feeling connected through our shared human experience but I realized that I could design it in the way that I wanted to. And right now the way that's manifesting is through my podcast and being able to connect with people openly and vulnerably on social media. Um, there are people who listen to the show all over the world that I never, ever, ever thought would ha- I never thought this would happen. When I first started the show, it was like, I, I don't know. I had like a hundred listeners for months and they were my family and friends like nobody else was listening Mm -hmm. to the show I didn't know what Mm -hmm. podcast marketing was I didn't know how to I didn't know what any of this meant because again I didn't go to school for this and I didn't have any friends who did this I just wanted to share and I wanted to connect and I always had this this idea and this vision and this feeling that if I could just help one person feel less alone in the world that's what I that that was my that was my reward for sharing my journey and sharing myself so openly 
And so it did start off with one person. It started off with people that were my friends who just never thought they could share certain things. And because I opened that door, they felt like they could. And then it became random people on on the internet. And then now it's become this beautiful micro community that inspires me and has me in awe every single day because I never really thought this could happen. Um, so, you know, really staying connected and tapped into that mission of, of keeping it grounded to the point where it's like, I always just think about wanting to impact at least one person and not making it this huge mountain and like selling myself on this crazy big dream that, um, could happen but it takes a while to happen and so I need to be rooted in like just the day-to-day and 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 being able to just impact people every single day and not think about like just numbers and and downloads and followers and all of that which I think oftentimes can get can can kind of get in the way and make us feel anxious because we feel like we have to make it this huge thing um staying rooted in like the individual and staying rooted in the fact that I can communicate with one person every day and I can you know inspire one person and they can inspire me that that really does help me keep going every day and you know just like comments and and the messages that I get from people saying like you talked about this thing that I never heard anybody talk about and it's given me permission to talk about it with my mom or with my family it's like of course I'm going to do this work like that is a gift that I'm able to unlock people in that way. And, um, I never want to stop. I never want to stop. So yeah, I think yeah. I answered your question, but I'm not sure if I went on a tangent. <laughs> oh no. So many good things. Um, first of all, I, w- I was going to ask you about this, um, about numbers. Cause I feel like as content creators, sometimes we can get kind of obsessed with how many followers we have, how many likes, how many listeners we have on our podcast. We can get so focused on trying to grow our following yeah. instead of serving the people that are already tuning in. Yeah. So how, when you, when you're, if you ever do have that struggle, how do you kind of shift out of that mindset? Um, I mean, I do. I, I can't lie. I think a lot of us uh, obviously want to get our work out, and you know we put a lot of a lot of effort into producing and to doing all of these things behind the scenes that we want a lot of people to experience our work because it's our it's our expression, it's our art, it's our it's our baby. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with wanting a lot of people to experience what you've created. I don't think that that's a bad yeah. thing, but it becomes toxic when you become obsessed with it and when you become so obsessed with it that it takes away from the actual craft. (laughs) Um, So what I I try to do is when I find myself in those moments of like, well, like why are more people listening? And like, I put hours into that and look at how many downloads I got. Like, are you serious? That's it. It's just like, I found myself being able to at least catch myself in those moments and just take a deep breath and remind myself that this isn't what it's about. And I go back to those messages that I get from people where they tell me that I've impacted them and that I've, I'm inspiring them and I ground myself and I remember what this is about. And, um, I've, I'm, I'm basically trying to compile like a folder where like I have all of those messages and all of those comments so I can just like give myself like a flash of it again and just like have like an Mm -hmm. immersive experience of reality and be like this is what is real and these are the people who who you've inspired and these are the people that you are doing this for I mean obviously I do it for myself first and foremost for like my 
just wanting to you know be aligned and and feeling connected to like what it is that i want to do but like there are people who are already listening to you and who are looking forward to like experiencing you and your work don't don't let go of them and don't neglect them because you're trying to chase other people you know like be authentic and be true to yourself and be a service to those people and guess what more people will come because of that like you're not going to get a larger audience because you obsess with trying to like cast a wider net um that net becomes cat like you you expand your audience by being authentic to the audience that you have because if if i've learned anything about podcasting is that like word of mouth and like having your true fans and like the true people who like the the people who actually believe in what you're what you're talking about and the people who connect with you if they believe in you they're gonna share your content with the people that they love and those people are going to believe you and you know like that that's how it spreads and sure it's not as fast as we we uh want it to be like podcasting is a long-term game here and um but if you're you're rooted in in something that's real and if you're rooted in um your your true authentic journalistic um desire then you'll just keep going you won't let these the other things kind of get in the way of of deterring you from from your mission. Yeah, that's all so so helpful. And the thing that you said about compiling compiling like one little folder to keep all of the positive feedback is such a great life hack. Yeah. I'm going to try that. Yeah, you should cuz it's just like I mean, if we try to fetch for it and like look at it, I think like oftentimes we won't find it fast enough and we'll just get like sucked into like our negativity or something. But if you have it in one place and it's like right in your face and you can't run away from it, it just like put it just brings you back very quickly. Yeah, that's really smart. So another thing that I wanted to touch on from what you said earlier was how your purpose is you've always just really wanted to help people and you thought that the way to do that was through nonprofit and then you realized that that wasn't the only way to do it and I feel like we're programmed our society is programmed to think that there's only one route so I was wondering what would you say to people who who are kind of going through that who aren't really living in alignment and what would you say to maybe encourage them to dig deeper basically what I would say is that it's okay to question. It's okay to it's okay to question everything. I think that at some point in our lives, we should actually invite that. Like sit with yourself and look around and say like what kind of life am I living? And is this the life that I want to live? And if it is, then great. Um but did I choose this for myself or did somebody else choose it for me? And if you feel like you are you have a good life and you are completely in control of the decisions that you're making and this is what you want to do then I'm super happy for you but for the most part there are a lot of us who feel like we didn't necessarily choose the positions that we're in and we've either let our parents or our families or friends or our schools dictate what our paths should be but the thing about that is that you know our path has to be aligned with our soul's purpose like there's no point in you know pursuing a career that does not actually align with what you want to do every single day and the thing about all of this in, in reality is that there is a way that you can make it make sense like there is a way that you can align what you love to do with what you spend eight hours a day doing and I don't think that that's something that we have been taught 
is possible because you know so often we we hear our parents just say like you know like they're working their nine to five jobs and they're just doing it because you know to pay the bills and you know they just got to do what they got to do and I totally you know empathize with that and I I understand the reality of many of our you know parents uh situations and like my mom and my parents have had to do that because they didn't have a choice they didn't have the the freedom to do what I'm doing of of chasing my dreams and taking these risks like my mom had me at 17 like if she took a risk I was not eating (laughs) so it's like it wasn't it wasn't that simple but if you have the chance to question then you need to do it for for yourself and and quite frankly I often think about the fact that my mom wasn't able to do a lot of things because she couldn't and because she had, I, you know, I was depending on her. And now I look at my opportunities and I think about it as kind of doing it for her and doing it for my ancestors who didn't get a chance to yeah. do what they really wanted to do. Like my, my grandmother loves to sing and she got accepted to um, like a singing program in Dominican Republic when she was younger. And my oh grandparents my did not let her it was it was forbidden for her to sing Mm. for some reason it was like not okay for my grandmother to be expressive and artistic and so my grandmother suppressed her her expression and you know like I don't know what would have been of my grandmother had she been allowed to do the things that she wanted to do um but and and I'll never know because she didn't she didn't do those things but I can I can do it now I can do it for my grandma. I can do it for my mom. I can do it for my dad. I can do it for all of those people that are here now and who are no, no longer with us that um, didn't get a chance to do what their soul's purpose was. And I can channel all of that energy and just, and, and do it here and do it for myself. And so I often think about it like that. It's like, you know, I owe it to myself and I owe it to them and their sacrifices to be authentic and to be aligned with what I, what it is that I want to do, because I don't have to choose. I don't have to choose, um, to be unhappy. I I can be happy and maybe they will not understand it. And quite frankly, a lot of them don't understand what it is that I'm doing, but I think that they can see that I am in alignment and that is enough. They're realizing that that is what all of their sacrifices were for they they wanted me to to be happy and they wanted me to do the things that I wanted to do in life so um you know oftentimes I think it's easier to frame to frame our decisions and to frame the things that we do in service of other people like I don't know I I find myself being able to do that a lot of times it's like oh like Mm -hmm. if I do it for others like it's easier to decide so if you find yourself being unable to decide for yourself and to do something for yourself frame it in the context of like your lineage and your ancestors and the people who did not get the chances that you have right now like if you could would you make these decisions and channel all of their energy that was not tapped in now like could you do it for them could you could you channel that energy and like figure out what it is that you want to do for yourself as like paying respect to them um and if you begin to yeah. look at it that way, I think that you'll have an energy shift and you'll be like, okay, I think, I think that they deserve me. They deserve me at least trying to figure it out. And then, you know, before you know it, you'll be, you'll be in the thing. You'll be doing the thing that you actually love to do. And you'll realize that you have a, a force behind you that is not just yours, but is also theirs. Yeah. And I can see that you're so committed to that and it's so inspiring and so admirable so thanks for sharing all of that and 
I also kind of have to remind myself sometimes that sometimes I hear people say, oh, there's no excuse for not living in alignment. And I realize that, well, sometimes there is Mm -hmm. if, you know, like your parents who didn't really have the chance Mm -hmm. at that time or people who just have been underprivileged, like, so we have to yeah, we have to be mindful. Realize that. What? Yeah, we have to be mindful. Like everything has, um, everything has a context. We can't just put an umbrella. Yeah. Like there's no umbrella answer to life. Like there are a lot of complications and a lot of hurdles that people have to go through. So we have to be gentle when we say those types of things to people. But if if you have the opportunity to do it, then I think you owe it to yourself and to yeah. Everybody. Yeah, absolutely. If you have that opportunity and that privilege, then what's really the point of life if you're just going to go through the motions and work a nine to five that you don't like? So exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. So you did you recently quit your full time job? No, I am still working my full time job. Um, okay. I gotcha. So I I still have a full-time job and you know, everything is, is in service of me ultimately being able to do my own thing. But right now I'm still in a position where I need to, I need to work and I need to be able to sustain myself and fund all of my creative and my creative endeavors. But, um, you know, one day, one day I'll just be able to, to say bye to working for somebody else and just work for myself. Yeah, I'm in definitely in that same boat, um, trying to go through a transition of be getting into a more sustainable paid position. Um, so I kind of – there was one episode on your podcast. I'm kind of jumping around, but we're kind of on this topic. But the title of the podcast was Not Having Things Figured Out by 25. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm 24 and I'll be 25 in March. So at this point right now, the lifestyle I'm living just isn't really sustainable anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm barely making any money and I'm working multiple jobs that I'm not passionate about. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm kind of on the cusp of going through a really big transition. Mm-hmm. And I really resonated with that episode, with what you were talking about in that episode. So I would love to hear how how you kind of got through that transition if you're still going through that transition and what's changed since then. Because that was, I think, exactly a year ago. I checked the date of the episode and I think it was January 9th. So it's been a year since that happened. So what has changed? (laughs) Yeah, I recorded that um, a little after. So like for a while I was, for a few years, I would take like a trip on my birthday. So my birthday's on New Year's Day. So like for the holidays, I would go somewhere and I would go somewhere Mm -hmm. around the world and like really just like explore and tap into myself and kind of imagine what I want my life to be like when I go back home. And so uh, last year I, I went to Scandinavia and I was reflecting a lot about like, wow, like I'm 25 now. Like, what the hell, what am I doing with myself? What do I want for myself? And what did I think I was going to have by now? And a lot of those things didn't match up. Like I have, I I was, I, I mean, like last year I was living a completely different life than I thought I would be living at 25 when I was 23. Like when I was planning ahead, I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm definitely going to be working for a nonprofit in in Europe and I'm going to be making this amount of money and I'm going to be this and that. And no, I was living in New York in my grandma's apartment, making very little money and like 
doing this podcast like barely had any downloads and like had no friends like it was a completely (coughs) different life so um the way that I figured it out was by allowing life to unfold and that sounds so cliche and that sounds like so woo woo and you know that's it may not really be that helpful but quite frankly I just kept doing it I just kept going with my with my feeling of wanting to do the show of wanting to talk to people of wanting to figure it out of being open to change of being open to the possibilities that I didn't even know were possible well I don't want to say possible but like the possibilities that I didn't even know were out there and allowing life to take form in a way that my imagination could not foresee and Mm -hmm. the moment that I let go and I didn't try to control so much is when life opened up to me and when people came into my life that changed the course of what I you know what I what I thought could be possible for for my for myself and that has just snowballed into a lot of different things and you know I think I remember interviewing somebody as I approached um my date to move to New York and she had just turned 25 and she was like you're not 25 yeah right and I was like no and she's like well you'll see as you approach 25 Mm -hmm. there's gonna there's gonna come a time where like you're gonna start to reevaluate everything around you and what you're doing and it's gonna give you a push to like just go harder and to really give yourself the the attempt or like the um the willingness to try because I think up until then I was just like, oh, I'm just going to go with the flow. But I wasn't really trying. Like I wasn't actually intentional with figuring it out. I just thought that everything would just come to me. And I wasn't trying to look for opportunities. And I wasn't putting myself out there. And yeah, once I got back from that trip, when I, after I recorded that episode, I really did just put myself out there. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to be, oh, be open to, you know, at least putting myself out there to ask questions and to like, ask people how they're doing things and and just expose myself to different realities and as I as I expanded my horizons and learned about what people do for a living and how much money people are making and you know all of that I I began to expand and realize that I had been constricting myself and I had I had um, limited my scope of reality and yeah what I've learned about people here in New York that they just design jobs for themselves like they just figure out what they love to do and they say that this is what they do and then people pay them to do that thing and that is it like it's just that simple and I didn't know that that was a possibility I thought people had to categorize you and you had to fit in a in a mold but that's yeah I think that my motto for this year is design my own life Mm -hmm. and yeah, that's going to help me get through it. Yeah, so. you can do it. There's, yeah. there's nothing There's nothing crazy about that. You can design. You can absolutely design your life. You can set goals for yourself and meet them. And, and you can have people pay you for your, for, your, for your gifts and for your crafts and for your, you know, your talents. And it's not too crazy. It's not something that you um, are like are delusional about. Like maybe right now you don't know what that thing is yet, but like, believing the fact that you can make it work and that you can figure it out and that people will pay you and that you will have a life that is sustained solely through your passion is not crazy it's not something that you have to feel you know um you have to feel like is not a possibility 
And that mm-hmm. is, I think, the hack. And that is what I think uh, a lot of times society tells us is impossible. But that's uh, that's the lie. The lie is that we have to we have to, you know, dedicate our lives to sustaining other people's dreams and not feeling like we can be the people that create those jobs and that create those new um shifts and those organizations and all of the things that we love you know we can we can absolutely be the people who spearhead that yeah absolutely i love it so let's talk about your podcast so you've had this podcast for over a year yep a year and a half yep. yeah so how did you were you, you i think you mentioned that you listened to a lot of podcasts what was where was the point where you decided that you wanted to have your own podcast yeah I was I was listening to yeah I was listening to like six to eight hours of podcasts per day it was like an obsession um and that's how I knew that there was something there was something different about the way I consumed podcasts because I knew people who listened but like they just listened to one or two shows but for me it was like this insatiable desire to just get more and um when I moved to New York and at that point I was already when in Miami I was interviewing people and I was recording and transcribing and putting in all this work to like write up interviews I realized that Mm -hmm. I could just record it I didn't know how to produce I didn't know what audio engineering was or anything like that but there was a way where I could just do what I was already doing in an audio format and I could make it happen a lot quicker and I could talk to a lot more people yeah and so I just decided to do it and it was literally I think just within a week I was like I think I want to start a podcast and then it just happened and here we are. I love it. I Throughout this whole conversation, I feel like I've related to so many things and just keep nodding my head and saying me too because that was kind of how I was listening to tons of podcasts. I was driving all the time, just constantly listening to podcasts and then one day it was like, oh, why don't I have it? Yep. And then it was like a week or a month or whatever, a short amount of time later that I decided to just do it and get over the fear and work with the fear of getting into that. I love it. Good for you. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that you're doing this and that you took took ownership of the fact that like you you have the ability to do it. You had the you have the ability to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels powerful, um, and I feel like. So you were thinking of maybe doing this in a writing format and I I love that you're doing it in an audio format because I love listening to your voice and you're just all of the questions that you ask are so genuine and I can really feel the connection that you have with your guests and when you do the solo episodes it feels like you're I'm just listening to a friend talk to me. So thank you. That means so much. That's like, oh, that's literally what I I hope people feel. Like when I record and when I publish, I'm like, I hope that they feel what I'm trying to get out. Um, and, but you know, you never really know. You know, it's like you can't guarantee that the messages will translate. So it's like that's the biggest compliment I could ever receive. Is is exactly what you just said. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you've, um. Have you? I think you're almost to a hundred reviews. I know that's some was was a goal of yours. Yeah. Did you make it yet? Uh, as of yesterday, I was at ninety seven. So I have I have to check today. Um, that's awesome, yeah. though. That's great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when you first started the podcast, did you have any challenges that you were going through? Um. With, I think for me, most of it was technical. 
it was really the fact that I didn't know how to like put it together and I didn't know what good content was and what good quality content was and I didn't really know what the format would be also like I just I would record and Mm -hmm. I didn't really have like a streamlined approach so yeah I mean like it was definitely getting over the fear of like getting into the programs and editing and doing all of that but once I got over that it was then like okay like what do I want the show to sound like what do I want every week to to sound like um but then once you clarify it one time it's that's it you just that's it you just got to do it once and then you just keep it pushing Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I know we're getting to like 55 minutes. So I just have three things that I want to cover and we don't have to go too, too deep into them. But I wanted to touch on one other episode that you did titled not have or that was the other one. Uh, spread, spreading anger is an activism. So I would like for you to if you would if you're willing to kind of dig into that just a little bit and maybe share what your perspective is on what you think is the most productive way to be an activist. Um, so I want to dial it back a bit to when I wasn't feeling like a productive activist. <laughs> um, back in 2016, after Trump got elected, I was off the rails. I was very angry. I was showing up t- to every protest. I was just yelling and just like mad at the world. And so disappointed and I really thought that like the world was gonna end and um I thought that by being angry and like being openly angry that I would prove to the world that I cared and what I realized was that not only was I not helping anybody but I was also depleting myself not to say that you know protesting isn't helpful there you know that does hold its weight and that is important to some capacity we do need that but the way that I was going about it was just like it was just not helpful for anybody. Um, and I realized that I was burning out. I was burning out. I, I had burnt out and I was not able to use myself as a, as a conduit to anything. I wasn't inspiring anybody. I wasn't helping make anything better. I was just mad and I was tired. Um, so what I realized was that my way of helping and my way of you know, being an activist in this world is by creating something that spreads light. And I think it's just so easy these days to find people and media platforms that really do circulate negativity and like the worst things that are happening in the world. Um, because it, let's be real, there's a lot of crap going on that is disheartening. But at the same time, there isn't a balance. There's no balance that makes people feel like, you know, things are worth um pursuing and like a lot of people are kind of fatalistic now and I didn't want to be I didn't want to add to that I didn't want to make people feel like doom was impending I wanted people to tap back into like the fact that like they can make the world better and like if the world is as shitty as we feel like it is like we need to channel our purpose and make it better like that is the way that that life is for everybody is going to get better is by us tapping into what makes us feel purposeful and sharing that with each other so that we can see the beauty of life in each other and so that we don't let the negativity of politics or and and government and all of these things that happen every day dictate what life is supposed to be or like how worthy it is because if we let that navigate and um 
if we let that dictate what uh, reality is, like we'll always be pessimistic about about existing. And life is so beautiful if we allow ourselves to see it. And um, for me, it was just like, hey, like if you're angry that the world is this way, then you need to tap into being a light for others. You can't just make people more angry. Like do the hard work of figuring out how you're going to make people happy so that you can inspire them to make other people happy and so that you can inspire them to be happy with themselves so that this can be a chain reaction so that we can all inspire each other and so that we can offset the negativity that's constantly being, you know, um, flashed across our, across our, our screens, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's all very helpful to hear. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, so I know we're getting close to time. So we didn't really get a chance to talk about the Goddess Council. So can you just quickly explain what the Goddess Council is and how people can get involved with that and why you started it? Yeah, sure. So Goddess Council is essentially an organization that I started uh, back in June in Brooklyn. And I started it because I had no friends. (laughs) I (laughs) basically was here in New York and I you know, I really wanted to connect with women in a deep, authentic way. And I wanted to be able to have open and vulnerable conversations with women that weren't centered around the superficial topics that I was constantly being surrounded by in Miami that were centered around growth and vulnerability and, you know, figuring out how to unlearn the things that keep us down and and bridging the gap of of sisterhood that I think along the way got lost at least for me and so that's what I did I, I kind of just put together this deck that I, and I started th- outlining the things that I wanted to create and I wanted to have in my life and that I wanted to facilitate and I opened my doors I opened up my apartment to strangers from the internet and that's exactly what we started to do we just started to to talk and you know one thing led to another and we started having gatherings often and then a team came together and um now i have an organization and i i'm tapping into all of these women in new york city who want the same thing who don't really feel like they've been able to connect with women in a way that is um, aligned with what they're authentically seeking so yeah it's it's this beautiful this beautiful connection that we're bridging. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, that's really cool about the Goddess Council. I think we really, in at this point in time, we need more organizations like that to come together as women to connect. So I'm glad that you're doing that. Yeah, I think so too. And I'm, I'm, I feel really blessed to be able to, you know, bridge these kinds of connections because I, again, I, I. I'm fueled by seeing people happy and seeing them connect and um, being able to hold space for women to do that is a gift. So do you see where it might evolve? Are there ways for people outside of New York for people to get involved? Yes. So what we're trying to do is bridge our in, in-person in gatherings with our digital presence. So like, uh, towards the end of 2018 the team we were like pretty burnt out we were all going through some personal things and we decided that we needed to take a break because things were kind of um moving along pretty quickly and we didn't know that they they would move along so quickly so we officially had our first meeting back uh 
yesterday and what we're trying to do now is figure out how we can hold space for women outside of New York City as we, you know, begin to branch out because I, you know, the goal is to eventually have goddess council throughout the country and the world and but that's something that takes time and we cannot yeah. run before we walk. So, um right now we have a Slack group that uh people from all over can you know, join and connect with. And we also have a newsletter that goes out every month and everybody can just go ahead and sign up uh, for our newsletter and for our Slack channel on goddesscouncil.org. Um, we're kind of restructuring our website right now. So if you want to um, get an invite to our Slack channel, you can just personally DM me on Instagram or you can email me uh, at cat at catlantigua.com and I'll send you the invite. I'll personally send it over to you. And so like, cool. yeah, basically what we do there is just like we just send each other articles and we just open up the floor to just talk about random things that we may be going through. And um, there's women from all over within that that group. So that's pretty cool. And then we also have an Instagram that we're going to start using again soon. <laughs> Very cool. I'll leave all of that in the show notes. Awesome. So to wrap it up, I just want to talk about Maybe if you have any intentions for the new year, since we're it's January 8th, so we're just diving into the new year. What are you excited about for 2019? Do you have goals? What are your intentions? Yeah, I'm excited for this year. I really feel like this is going to be the year of, um, of just action and, and really believing in the fact that I can do things because I've always had big dreams, but have also simultaneously felt afraid to like actually pursue them. Um, so I think this year I just want to be unapologetic about, about seeking opportunities and putting myself out there, but simultaneously being patient. Uh, I think a lot of my anxiety in the past has come from expecting things to go faster than they are. And that's just not, that's just not the way that the cookie crumbles. Like you need to, you need to, to be patient in the journey and, you know, do the work and allow yourself to evolve and let opportunities um, meet you when you're ready and so I think that while I'm excited to put myself out there and excited to start doing new things I'm also excited to let it unfold as it's supposed to and I'm training myself to be patient so like that's truly um, my goal this year is to just be patient and to have compassion with myself and to just also allow life to do its thing and to not try to be so controlling all the time <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are saying that they feel like 2019 is going to be a good year and I feel that way too. So I think we're it's going to be a good one. Yes, 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 yes. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how can people connect with you? So you can, uh, you can connect with me on Instagram. Um, you can follow me at catcat.lantigua, L-A-N-T-I-G-U-A. I'm also on Twitter at catlantigua. And um, honestly, also listen to the to the podcast, which we previously talked about. That's Chats with Cat. But you can also just email me um, if you have any questions or if you ever just want to connect. I'm I'm open to to emails and connecting in that way. And I have some cool things coming up um, within the next few months that will allow uh, my audience and everybody listening to connect with me more personally. Um, so I'm really excited to be getting that in the works and um launching that within the next few months so if you follow me on social media you'll know what that is and you'll be able to connect with me further that way very cool we'll stay tuned for that 
Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for everything that you've shared. I'm so excited that we got to connect and I can't wait to share this conversation with people. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much for the opportunity and um, yeah, I'm proud of you for for pursuing this and for reaching out and just for just trying and like really doing something that you love to do. That, that's what all of this is about. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. So that is my conversation with Kat. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, Kat, so much again for being a guest on the podcast. I appreciate it. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. So before next week, I just want to let you know that you can try Jar Goods for 20% off your first order with the code MUSEROOM, all caps at checkout. Just go to jargoods.com museroom and use the code MUSEROOM, all caps. And I also wanted to let you know about my website. My website is live. Just go to www.museroom.space and you can learn a little bit about the services that I'll be offering, a little bit more about me. I'll be posting the episode show notes on there as well. And just, it's a new virtual home for my podcast, so I'm really excited about it. So if you'd like to check that out, that's www.museroom.space. And as always, please consider leaving a review if this episode resonated with you in any way. If this podcast brings value to your life, reviews are really one of the best ways to support the podcast. And until next week, you can find me on Instagram at Museroom Podcast. Shoot me an email to museroompodcast at gmail.com. All right. Well, thank you again for listening. Have a good week. Bye.